Yeah. 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 Chrome hearts at the Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. And it's Maestro and Kenny T. Happy Sunday, everyone. It is noon, so that means it's time for Mano a Mano Live. We got a few topics to get into with y'all. Uh, Kenny, how's it going, fam? Can't complain. Another day coming to you live from Washington Heights. You know, good energy, good vibes, nice and early with some good good show for you. Good, some good information, you know, some good topics. Nice to go back and forth with my man Maestro. Let's get it absolutely and uh kenny's in the heights i'm in the bx and uh bx also is the uh abbreviation for boxing and that's what we're going to be talking about uh today let's get it started though we got rubski in the house rubski thank you for joining us you were numero uno thank you so much i see rubski i see you in here we've got css bodin in the house ko kenny swj and we're about to get into it. And yes, uh, he's bringing up uh, the real knowledge. Already right, he's talking about me, yours truly. I will be live tomorrow night on uh, Monday Night Smoke, nighttime on the uh, other side of the Atlantic in the UK. That's what my guys, KG and Trev, always a pleasure to hop on with them after a long workday on Monday one of my longest days because of meetings after work. But it's always great to go live with those gentlemen. And we're going to be talking about what happened last night, Kenny. Arthur Betterbeeb has gone 19 and 0, 19 KOs. He's 8 and 0 in world title fights with 8 KOs. He's 100%, Kenny. I know we both like saying 100%. Uh, in this case... It totally applies because he's 100% with the KOs and 100% with the victories. Kenny, give me your thoughts on this fight going into the fight and give me your thoughts on the fight during and after the fight. Go for it, bro. Sounds good, man. This is uh, one of those fights where my my prediction, my first prediction was actually actually very accurate and spot on. I said that uh, Better Beef would knock him out somewhere between the 6th and the 8th round. And you could go to last week's Mano Mano. And you could also go to my channel check out the clip that I cut from Mano Mano. So you can see that I'm being accurate and I'm not gassing it. <clears throat> exact prediction. And then the, my second prediction was maybe somewhere between round 3 to 6. Because I thought maybe I was giving Anthony Yard a little too much love. Uh, 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 you know, a little too much hype thinking that he was going to make it to be, uh, between the sixth and eighth round. But there was a hell of a lot of improvement. I was actually impressed. Atunde even improved. The man grew up. Atunde grew up. He didn't He didn't advise him to empty the tank, Maestro. That's crazy. He didn't advise him to empty the tank. He's grown. He's a grown man now. Nah, let me stop joking. But, no, I was just, I was, I was very impressed by the work that they did. Uh, Anthony Yard's team, they looked a lot better. They was a lot faster. There was a lot more... Uh, like on the toes as opposed to flat-footed. They was jabbing a lot more or maybe not as much as I'd like them to, but they was trying to punch in between punches. They were not afraid of taking damage. They were not afraid of getting hit by a team better be, which is what everyone of better be's opponents go in there like. Always afraid to get hit. It was impressive. He made it to the eighth round, passed or right to the last round that I said he could have gotten knocked out in. I didn't really think he was going to make it there. I thought maybe six and seven. He made it 
past that, looking decent. And even seemed to have potentially buzzed better Beave at some points in that fight. That was very, very impressive. Nobody's ever buzzed better Beave or even uh, seemed to make him look uncomfortable or push him back or have him, you know, treading backwards, thinking about it. Well, he was knocked down before, you know, and he's had his wolves and shit. But he, it was it was just impressive. No, uh, nobody's done to better Beave what Anthony Yard has. And, you know, that last fight opens up a great conversation of better be versus Bevo. And is that like people were saying before 60, 40, you know, uh, 35, 65, or is this really looking like a 50, 50 fight now? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Um, because the, the, the light heavyweight division is super hot right now. Uh, it's hot in the UK. It's obviously hot in Russia with both better be and yard, but I, I want to, uh, Take off where you left off. I, I actually was impressed with Tunde Ajayi as well. Um, not so much with the corner work because I didn't really get to see much of that or hear much of that. But they did have a game plan. Um, now, I, I saw a lot of problems with what they were doing, but they did have a game plan. And believe it or not, though, what really impressed me the most was his compassion at the end to stop the fight. Because... I feel like if the fight did continue, that we would have seen a very ugly end of of the night for Anthony Yard in terms of a brutal stoppage. Um, he was obviously a warrior. I didn't know whether he was going to give up. He did. But at the time of the stoppage, you saw him wait to get up, which is smart. But then he turned to his corner. I don't know if he was looking for advice. I don't know if he was looking to see if they were going to stop it. But he put up a little protest at the end making it seem like he did want to continue. But I like the fact that Tunde took it out of Yard's hands completely because at that point, Yard was done. Uh, his tank had been empty. <laughs> now, in terms of the technical aspects of what was going on in the ring, I said this before the fight, and I saw it during the fight. Anthony Yard has a lot of problems defending the jab. Uh you know, the jab is coming. Is he going to parry it? Is he going to block it? Is he going to slip it? Is he going to kind of sidestep at angles and move out of the way? Or is he going to block it with his face? That's what ended up happening. I mean, Arter Better Beeb's jab was his best punch of the night. He was changing levels up and low. He was changing speed with it, changing direction, changing power on the jab. And what it did was it set up his power punches, whether it was his hook, whether it was his straight right. And then later on, you saw him kind of mixing in the uppercuts as well, as well as obviously the body shots, which I think did a lot of damage. And then the yard was gassed by the end of the second round. He was breathing with his mouth open. I believe his mouthpiece ended up coming out of his mouth about three times. But to his credit, around the seventh round, it looked like he caught a bit of a second wind. So very impressed with the way he battled back. We did see him put better be on the back foot i have seen better be box off the back foot before he did it against joe smith jr leading him into counter shots uh, he did it last night see better be he does uh go off the back foot oftentimes I, I see a lot of the way he fights in kind of intervals he puts on an attack and when a guy is not getting up out of there like yard didn't because he did put up resistance he then kind of backed off a little bit went on the back foot kind of got his breath. It was very experienced fighting because you didn't see better be 
with his mouth wide open. You didn't see Better Beeb spitting his mouth guard out. You didn't see Better Beeb exhibiting uh, extreme fatigue. I think that boils down to experience, um, being able to fight in the moment, fighting under control. And again, I'm seeing a guy who's a very skilled boxer that he doesn't get a lot of credit uh, necessarily for his technical ability, abilities, his boxing ability. But he put them on display last night. And the thumbnail, to me, it's scorecards don't matter. I mean, I put up the question about who was winning at the time of a stoppage. That was a little bit of a controversy. There was, you know, a couple judges that didn't have it wide like I did for better be. Uh, the South Korean judge had it kind of wide for for yard at the time of the stoppage. Uh, Joe Habib, ringside reporter, I talked to him. He had it uh, a yard ahead. I did it, but at the same time, I don't I, I don't think my my scorecards are necessarily necessarily an accurate representation of what's going on. It's just a representation of what I see. And when I'm live streaming with people in my chat that I'm communicating with, people in my chat giving me scorecards, Andre Ward talking. Tim Bradley talking, me watching the television, you know, every now and again communicating my wife with my wife who's sitting across from me. Those aren't ideal conditions for scoring a fight. But what I think matters the most in this case is that, look, Arter better be finishes his opponents. He does. Whether or not he's losing rounds uh, oftentimes doesn't really matter because he's breaking down his opponents bit by bit. He's setting them up for, for uh, uh, you know, a, a drowning later on, which he did. The question, though, for me, for you, and for the chat, more importantly than whether or not you guys had him ahead at the time of the stoppage yard, that is, the question for me, Kenny, and I'll leave it to you, and I'm going to ask people in the chat to give their response. Does Callum Smith get stopped by Better Be? He's the number one contender. Does Bilval get stopped by Better Be? He's the other light heavyweight champion. And if those guys don't get stopped, does Better Beef win on the scorecards? Because those are the two fights I want to see Better Beef in there with next. I want to see Better Beef in with Callum Smith, or I want to see Better Beef in there with Bavol. And a lot of that is going to obviously be based upon what happens with Better Beef and Canelo, which we'll get into later. But how do you see that, Kenny? Do those guys go to distance with Better Beef? And if they do, can Better Beef win on the scorecards? Um... All right, here we go. First, I have to say that a tune, uh, I, what you said regarding a tune day in the stoppage. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you and I disagree with you specifically just because he he waited a little too long and then reacted too fast. It was like he went in between the times that he should have gone. Either he should have stopped him, stopped it immediately. Once he saw he went down, he took eight seconds. He got back up and he was still stumbling, walking towards the line to see a tune day. Save me, please, bro. Atune should have been like, nah, nah, it's over. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Save his fighter. Save his fight. You know what I mean? That, but he he didn't he didn't say it's over. It's a wrap. He let him continue for like ten seconds, and then when he saw he was getting tagged up uh, uh, again, that it looked like he was about to get brutally knocked down or knocked down again, he steps in the fight and stops the fight. It's like, bro, at that point, you already let him go back out there. Let him at least finish the round, or get, like you already sent them back out there. Now, now you're making it look like it's the fighter's fault because the fighter turned around and looked at you like, yo, save me, save me. It's a good point. And you I didn't save him. But back to the um, the question regarding does uh, he stop Callum Smith? Uh, I do think he stops Callum Smith. Uh, 
Canelo definitely worked up Callum Smith and beat that arm up. I think that Better Beef is potentially stronger than Canelo, if not just as strong as Canelo. It's hard to compare these guys. It, but I'm going to say Better Beef is stronger because, look, Canelo could not compete with Bevo and Bevo's strength. So I'm going to say Better Beef is stronger than Canelo. If Canelo was able to stop Callum Smith with the arm shots and the head shots and TKO him or whatever, then I definitely think that Better Beef stops him. Now, with Bevo, that is the question. Bevo got a hell of a chin. He has an unstoppable gas tank. He doesn't stop moving the entire fight. He doesn't stay there to get hit. And he's gotten clobbered before. The guy has a chin. He's gotten clobbered by, clobbered by Smith before. He does have a chin. It's a difficult <clears throat> prediction to give. Is it, that, that, that's going to be a, a fight for the ages. We have to see that fight. It's going to be amazing versus Bevo. Two guys that can jab, one guy that has longer reach, one guy that punches harder than the other guy, one guy that's taller and longer than the other guy, and has like he gets hit with a punch, comes back with four, five, six. But is he gonna be able to get hit with a better beef punch and come back with four, five, six after getting hit with a better beef punch? I know that Anthony Yard made better beef look a little weaker than we are used to seeing him, but better beef. <laughs> That guy still got stone hands. That guy still hits and puts people down, even at 38. Question. Did, yep. do, do, do you think that Better Beef slowed down dramatically and, and, and showed that he's aging? Mm, or do you think that Team Atunde and Yard, they, they, they just prepared so damn well? And they just got so much better. Are we giving yard credit for this one? Are we taking credit away for better beef? A very good question, Kenny. Right before I answered it, though, I want to give a, a big up to Team Bat. Uh, sorry, the SWJ. Uh, not that I don't want to give a, a big uh, a shout out to Team Batman Boxing. I do, but this specifically SWJ. He says, "I wish there was an option to watch fights with crowd noise and audio in the ring, but without commentator." I agree 100%. I've been saying that for years. Like, there should be an option. You don't always need commentary, uh, especially if you're guys like us who kind of just focus on what's happening in the ring and get distracted, honestly, by commentators saying things that are either funny, outrageous, or, or just going on in like a long-winded way, and it's kind of distracting us from the fight. Back to your question, though, about who do we give credit to? I think you got to give credit to Yard because Yard did what I didn't think Yard could ne necessarily do, which was put up more resistance than I thought he could. He did go to the eighth round. Honestly, there was a point after which the mouthpieces start, a mouthpiece started to come, come out where I was like, wow, this is going to end pretty quick. A better be probably going to go to the body and get him up out of there. And Yard did surprise me in the seventh round when he did kind of get a little bit of a, of a second win. I think it was around the seventh. Um, but it ultimately got stopped. The age question is one that I've commented on, and I'm going to be continuing to comment on it every time I talk about this fight. I don't believe in the, you know, old saying that people get old overnight. I, I don't buy that. I think aging is a gradual process. I think it's definitely gradual when it comes to sports and the body in terms of athletic performance. Um, better be turned pro at 28. I'm sure there were a lot of things he could do at 28 that he can't do at 38, but it's not like 
he fights Joe Smith Jr. last summer, and all of a sudden he gets old and things change rapidly uh, in January of this year. No, stop it. It's not like you can a two-hand dunk a basketball on Friday and then you go to sleep, you get old overnight, and then Saturday you go back to the gym to play basketball and you can no longer dunk at all. Like, that's that's not how the body works. It's not like on Wednesday, you know, I was able to bench press 300 pounds and then Thursday I, I go back and, and to the gym and now it's like I'm struggling to push 50 pounds. Like, this whole getting old overnight is something I hear people say all the time. And I never agree with it because guess what? I've lived life. I'm 40 now. And this didn't happen gradually. Sorry, it didn't happen right away. It, it, it happened gradually in terms of not being able to do what I was able to do in my 20s. Uh, so that, that's what I think about that, Kenny. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I, I I have nothing I have nothing to add on. I can't disagree. I agree with what you're saying. Uh, now the other question is: So I see somebody saying in the comments that Yard was lifting too much weights and he was looking like a bodybuilder. I did see him at the uh, beginning and end of the fight. You know when he was flexing, and I was I was very impressed. I'm a dude. I lift weights. You know what I'm saying like I'm very into physical fitness. And I was very impressed with Anthony Yard's physique. Like he could join a bodybuilding competition. He 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 got all the muscles defined in a way where he could really join the body competition for his weight class and probably win. Yeah, there's this show right now on Netflix. Uh, it's a Korean show where these guys with oh. all different bodies are performing. It's actually pretty good. I, it is. Just anybody that that's out there that wants to like think about different bodies and how they perform in different kind of athletic events go 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 and check it out but here's the thing with weightlifting weightlifting there's no problem with it uh in terms of boxing when it's done at the right time and weightlifting in camp is something that i don't uh really uh, agree with especially right before a fight but when you're out of camp right and you know you're doing you're you're focused more on on weightlifting than you are necessarily on 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 volume, right? Um, and and getting your cardio up. There there's nothing wrong with that at all. So if Anthony Yard was weightlifting and then went into a training camp where they really focused on speed on cardio, there's nothing at all. But I'm not I wasn't there in the camp, so I don't know when the weightlifting was taking place, right? You build your body up out of season in most sports, right? And then you kind of maintain and improve your skill and your technical abilities and keep your cardio up when you're actually training for the fight. That That's kind of how I have always approached training uh, for boxing myself. Um, the training camp should really be focused on the sparring, on the getting, you know, your road work in, on the speed, on the timing, on the technical aspects of things. And the weightlifting happens before. But I don't know if he was weightlifting in camp or how much he was doing in camp, um, especially heavyweights, then that, as in heavy weightlifting, that's another story. But I do think he definitely needs to figure out his cardio. I think that the first couple rounds where he came out very herky-jerky, there was a lot of energy being used up. It was probably nervous energy as well, but he was really spending a lot of time with unnecessary movements uh, in, in the first two rounds, I felt. You could say that it was kind of effective while it lasted, you know, um, but the question is, how long did that style last? And the answer is not very long at all. And it didn't really take better be much time to figure it out. 
And again, with Anthony Yard's jab defense, Betterbeeb was able to start going to work with, on his head. You could see the swelling over both eyes. That was mostly the jab that was doing that. He was also jabbing to the chest, jabbing to the stomach, right, and following it up with power shots. So that that's kind of where I am with the with the weightlifting uh, side of things, Kenny. Yeah, I'm I'm not against or for lifting weights when when it comes to boxing. I'm not a boxing trainer. I'm I'm more into physical fitness and and I'm into boxing as in the activity of boxing hit and not getting hit. I'm not into boxing as in the training aspect of boxing and learning how to move certain ways, learning how to pick up your speed or you're learning how to pick up your punching power. I'm more like just a physical trainer overall. Build body muscle, stop pain, you know, get strong, look nice, ETC, ETC, ETC. So I don't know if it's good to train lifting weights for boxing or not. I'm assuming it wouldn't be because it takes a lot of it, it, it pressures your heart a lot to have a lot of muscles because blood has to flow to all of these body parts, these big muscular body parts. More muscle means more blood flow, which means your heart and your lungs have to work that much harder to provide oxygen and blood to the rest of the body. I'm assuming that as a boxer, you would want to have less muscle build and more power. You know what I'm saying? So you I, I would assume that as a body build, as a as a boxer, you would more so lift weights and act as a power lifter as opposed to a bodybuilder a bodybuilder is there to build body parts and to look nice a power lifter is there to lift as much pounds as he can not caring about how big or how nice looking he is so who knows maybe it is good to lift weights for boxing maybe it's not i'm not going to speak on that because that's not my forte whatever atunde and them do that's great anthony yard definitely looked like he had been lifting weights non-stop and i'm not hating on it. i thought he looked amazing that's coming from a dude who who, who lifts weights on the regular i'm not specifically saying about boxing but i don't think i don't think that that helps him with his gas tank i think it potentially slows him down muscle mass slows you down there's a reason 1500 meter runners 3000 meter runners 5000 meter uh meter runners marathoners don't look like like built up muscly guys they're very skinny because they're doing sports that focus more on the cardio side than on the explosive speed side yes they do a little bit of that especially in the mid distance running but longer distance running you look at marathon runners these guys are skinny there's a reason for that it's like kenny said the more muscles you have the more oxygen is required to fuel those muscles and the more tired you get uh in physical activity but again i'm not against guys boxers lifting weight Arthur better be lifts weight um but when he's lifting weight uh you know bench presses heavy squats that kind of thing it's either before camp or at the beginning of camp if you notice later on he's doing a lot of functional strength uh with weights so one exercise he does i'm sure you guys have seen if you've seen his training video he gets two sledgehammers one in each hand and using kind of a full range of motion he's he's hitting a tire on a wall you know, he's doing stuff like that. That's technically that's weight, weight training, but it's functional. Um, he's training the muscles specifically in the ranges of motion that he'll he'll use when he's fighting in the sport of boxing. And, and he's getting those muscles firing. He's not really, you know, working on volume during training camp. So he's not really working on 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 heavy weight during training camp. He's working on volume and doing it in a more sports specific uh focused way so it 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 is what it is uh 
And, and a salute to you, Tony Marshall. Thank you so much for joining us. Let me give a big up to Tony Marshall out there from uh, from from South London, from the UK. I used to live at the end of the uh, Victoria Line, Brixton, SW2. Those were my stomping grounds for many, many years. And I've, I've dusted off the UK passport. Matter of fact, I renewed it. So I'm going to hopefully head out to the UK sometime soon. We've got Michael Bufour. Thank you so much for the super chat. If the fight is in top rank, Bivol will get robbed. Um, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I had a problem with those scorecards myself, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Now, as, I did want to say one thing in response to what you said about Callum Smith. Callum Smith took that Canelo fight, not on short notice, but for a championship level fight on relatively short notice. Uh, it, it was under eight weeks. I'm pretty sure it was around six weeks uh, that he got to train for that fight. And I think he was pretty much done at uh, 168 by the time he fought Canelo. I've stood side by side with Callum Smith, Kenny. He's the same height as you, like just a little bit shorter than me. And the fact that he could make 168 was remarkable to me because it wasn't like he was like skin and bones. Like he had, he had, a solid frame so it must have been terrible on him to make 168 i honestly don't know how he did it and i think he's going to be physically stronger at 175 and that that's really what's intriguing to me um him pursuing his career at 175 because right now i think he's the number one light heavyweight in the uk and probably top three in the world and i'm talking about callum smith you gotta have bivol and better be at the top but for, for the remainder of the light heavyweights, personally, I have Callum Smith right there. Damn. You're ranking him pretty high. So pretty much you're saying that if uh, Canelo and Callum Smith were to have a rematch at light heavyweight, Callum Smith is winning that fight. Better be than Callum Smith? No, Canelo and Callum Smith. Oh, I, if I they were to rematch think... at light heavyweight, you telling me that Callum Smith is winning that fight? Um... I mean, Callum Smith went the distance with one arm against Canelo in a weight-drained state. I, I can't help but think that he'd do better at 175, um, where he doesn't have to drain himself, you know, an extra seven pounds. I'm not saying I think I, I think for sure that he'd win, but I definitely strongly believe that he'd put up a much, much stronger performance. Like, we've seen the difference between guys – when they when they move up and they no longer have to, you know, weight drain themselves. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how Callum Smith does. But I mean, what he did to Lennon Castillo was something that nobody's done to Lennon Castillo, um, your your countryman. Um, I mean, he sent him out of the ring stretchered, out cold in his light heavyweight debut. This is a guy that went the distance with Bivol. So I mean, he made a statement when he landed at 175, and it was a big statement. Um, Personally, I, I want to see him take on Joshua Buatzi, right? Let's clear that air out. Let's see who's best in Britain before we see who's best in the world. I would, if if I had my way, we would get Bovol against Betterbeeb, and we'd get Buatzi against Smith. That's what I like to see. But let's read the comment. Tony Marshall says, I want to see Callum Smith versus Yard. That's a firefight. Yard wins. I'd like to see it, too. Um, but I'll be honest, as someone who has criticized Anthony Yard's low level of competition, I think 
after a tough fight like that against a monster like Better Beeb, I'm not saying he's got to go all the way back to 448 and two Jair Ramirez in a discoteca in Madrid, but I I do think that he doesn't need to go in with a beast like Callum Smith right off of this tough fight, Kenny. I'm going to disagree with you. If it was me, I'd be going for the top dogs at every single point, you know, because at the end of the day, you're talking about you want to be a champion. Uh, You want to, you know, get a title before you retire. If that's the case, you need to put the pedal to the metal and start accelerating towards that title because you're only getting older. Both title fights that you've had, you've taken a loss. The first loss was terrible. The second loss was much better than the first loss where you emptied the tank. He's shown improvement. I think he's going to improve a hell of a lot after this fight with Better Beef. The, the experience with Better Beef, that's like that's like diamond experience, diamond level experience. You, you can't pay for that. And I think he's only going to improve. I think he's going to improve his mentality. I think his gas tank will improve a little bit. I think he'll just improve overall. All those little twitchy, little beginning the fight shit. I don't I, I don't think he's gonna be so scared against another beast because come on. He got in there with a Russian bear. Yeah. Or a man who or a man who wrestles bears in Russia at the mountaintop when the snow's falling with no shirt on. Better beef. Yeah, I mean, look. You don't have to sell me on better beef. Um, but if he's not going to fight somebody a little bit lower uh, in in status than a Callum Smith, then I think that he needs to take a little bit of time out to heal up and, and to work on some of the things that I really think he needs to work on, starting with his jab defense. Um, Ken, Ken Griffin, salute to Ken Griffin. He's not just... A sub. He's also a member. Uh, brings up Spider Richards. I think Spider Richards would honestly trouble Anthony Yard. I got to see Anthony Yard improve his jab defense. Parry the jab. Block the jab. Slip the jab. Use angles. But more often than not, his head is like absorbing all of these jabs. And that's something I really think they need to work on. Head I'll, defense. I'll, We're going to call that head defense. I'd also like to see him um, jab and then angle out, right? And then maybe rip a hook to the body. To me, he moves too much back and forth, um, unless obviously he was doing the herky-jerky thing. But when he was doing the herky-jerky stuff, he was way out of punching range. I'd like to see him move laterally at angles when he's in mid-distance, right? And not just move back and forth. Because standing there, moving back and forth, not really... Knowing what am I doing? Am I blocking? Am I parrying? Am I slipping? It, it, it hasn't worked out for him. So I, I think he needs to go back to the drawing board. I'd like to see him in there with a guy who can jab with probably a little less power. Um, I mean, actually, he's already kind of done that with Lyndon Arthur. So I don't know. He just needs to work on this jab defense. I really think he does. And uh, thank you, Fix Electronics. And yes, yes, everybody. Hit the like button. Let people know you out here. Let people know to join the party. This is Mano a Mano with Kenny T. All right, so make sure you join us and uh, let other people join us every Sunday, 12 p.m. Eastern here 
on Maestro A. I, I definitely like Craig Richards. I think Craig Richards is a great fighter and he gives a challenge to anybody. I just, I feel like I could predict uh, how a fight with Craig, Craig Richards and Anthony Yard will turn out. It'll be fun while it lasts. And in rounds 9, 10, 11, I see if, if the gas tank can last that long, which with a, with a fighter that doesn't hit as hard, is not as intimidating, and doesn't apply as much pressure as better be like Craig's Richard. I see Craig Richards getting brutally knocked out, eight, nine, ten, eleven. If the gas tank is fine after that, and I think it should be fine because, like I said, Craig Richards is not necessarily a pressure fighter like better be, who takes his moments, and then when he's coming towards you, it's like a tank shooting those big ass t- tank rounds to you. It's not shooting a you know AK forty seven rounds. Nah, it's shooting them big ass tank rounds that don't miss and blow up everything in your vicinity. So look, it is what it is. My issue with that, Kenny, is that I have not seen Anthony Yard knock out anyone that we would rate. World yeah, but on he, a, on he, a he better beef. He didn't knock him down. No, no, I didn't That's think he honest, was going. He didn't knock it down. This is boxing. You do get hit in boxing. And better be when he did get hit, always came back. And in and in most of the rounds where he got hit, he actually finished the round stronger than Yard did. Yard was going back to the to the corner tired. Yard was spending more time on the stool. Yard was taking longer to get back. Better be was up bouncing around every, at the beginning of every round and going straight to center ring. So I, I need I I don't I'm not all the way convinced about yards like destructive power he definitely has power but he hasn't done anything significant with his power to anyone above british domestic level and 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 there was one fight where lyndon arthur was on his game following a game plan and was able to go 12 rounds with him and outboxed him and got the decision yes he came back with the rematch, but in that rematch, I felt like Lyndon Arthur's game plan was just all wrong. I mean, he was going to the ropes, right? He was inviting Yard in there. He was standing there and absorbing shots on some macho shit. Like, I didn't really get that. But again, even with Lyndon Arthur, Lyndon Arthur is a British domestic level light heavyweight. He's not world level. He's not elite. So I still don't know if Anthony Yard has world-class power to put guys out of there. Somebody's calling. We're not opening the lines just yet, guys, but I'll open them up. Um, And we definitely don't know if he has it at the elite level. So let's see it against Craig Richards. Let's see it against a Buatzi or a Callum Smith or somebody like that before we start saying that he can knock out guys on the world in an elite level because he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't even scored a knockdown on the world or elite level that yet we got to keep it real kenny go touche those are all great points and i'm not even mad at that i could definitely see how that's a great way for him to build his way back too you know because it's not like we're t- saying go all the way back to lyndon arthur level opponents you mentioned buati richards both great opponents i saw in the comments i saw zuldo salamav pascal all good fights. Uh, I, I feel like uh, he could definitely take the route that you're saying as well and build up 
not with like trash level five. Let me not say trash. I don't want to disrespect these boxers either, but not with like these C level, C -level fighters yeah. and, 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 you know, start fighting these B level dudes. As we mentioned, the Boazzi, the Richards, and the Zuldo. Zuldo's a huge dude that's only lost to Bevo. Zuldo's a, a, a difficult fight for anybody at light heavyweight with his size and weight that he puts on and the volume of punches that he can throw. So, 100%. And, like, we got another name there out in the UK that, that could test Yard, Daniel Aziz. Dan Aziz, right? We've got, you know... uh. Joe Smith would be a good opponent for him, I think. I mean, they're both coming off losses to 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 better be. Let's see how his power does against Joe Smith. John Pascal is still hanging around. Let's see how his power does against him, even though John is the same age as me. I mean, I was uh, uh, training in boxing at the same time as he was as an amateur, and, and that was 20 years ago at, the, at this point. It's amazing that he's still going. But Callum Smith, Joshua Buatzi, these are guys who've been tested at the highest level. Uh, let me let me go to a comment that base get. I'm gonna re revisit it before we start looking at the rankings. I'm gonna ask you to kind of pull pull out a name from there for me. Base the kid, salute to base. Base says Yard has decent power, but I've been told by several people that Buwati, Richards, and Smith all hit a lot harder. Than Yard and base is somebody whose opinion I trust because he's out there in London. He's connected to the scene. He knows what's going on in these gyms and and, and what's going on with these hard spars. So that that that's a that that's an interesting comment there from my man Base the Kid. Salute to Base the Kid. Everybody, make sure you go check out his channel because he's got some of the best breakdowns in the game. And you can also find him Tuesdays at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern hour time for his show, The Breakdown, which is also on the Undefeated podcast network kenny that's hard for me to say or speak on who's to say who has more power unless you're in there in the ring getting hit by these people who <clears throat> who has gotten hit by smith richards boatsy and yard to be able to compare the power of these four individuals there is someone no in the, someone in the uk who sparred with them maybe i i guess i guess there is no type of sensory machine that can read the power that somebody's punching accurately. These punching machines, they're all doo-doo. They're all different brands. They all have different sensors. None of them really are accurate and measure what they're supposed to measure. I could score a 1,000 on one machine. I could score 800 on another one. It doesn't matter. They're all whatever. It's all fun and games. So it's hard for me to, uh, you know, validate that comment. I, 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 I do respect his opinion as well, and I do take it for what it is. But I can't really say, "Yo, I know that's a fact for sure," because I don't. You know, I got I, you. So pull out a name here. Give me a name here, and that that's that's worth worth it right now for Yard coming off of this loss. Somebody. Oh, any of those guys you mentioned is is a great name for Anthony Yard. But let's yeah, let's let's pull it out. You got you got the list out. Let's see. So, look, uh, I mentioned Jean Pascal. He's still hanging around. Joe Smith Jr., I think, would be good because uh, he's usually durable against it's against Better Beave, and he's going in there uh, front-footed like he did, which was a big mistake for him. Um, Dan Aziz, I think, is a good one for him. Um, mm -hmm. Greg Richards was mentioned. That's a good one for him. Uh, Adam Dienis, he's a former uh, opponent of uh, Archer Better Beave. Who who gave him a good a good a good go? 
Um, oh, we, 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 not, we not gonna do the Zoldo and give him the Unieski fight? <laughs> we not gonna do the Zoldo? I'm the one who said he needed a guy like that. You're the one who said to throw him right back into the fire. I'm I'm okay with, with him taking on a B-level guy. I just don't want to see him there against a C-level, like, or a C-level, or a guy who's a... Let's face it. When you're taking on a 448 and two guy, that's not even that's that's off the DOE rating scale. We're not even grading that. Unieski C level, not B level. Let's stop it. Yeah, well, Ken Griffin seems to agree with me. He thinks that Yard versus Smith Junior is a good matchup. I like it that is. matchup. It that's is the good. one that that was my first choice right there. Base all, all, all the names that you've mentioned, they're all great matchups. None of those matchups is like oh. Anthony Yard wins this by a landslide. All of those matchups are 50-50. The Smith Agreed. Jr. is a very difficult fight for Yard. Let's yeah. not play games. Yeah, all those, every single name you mentioned gives Yard a hard time. But if he was able to come out of those fights with a victory, it's like, wow, he's improved, and it'll be a good experience for him to be able to actually go and fight a championship-level fight. The career he has, the record he has, the opposition he has on his record has not prepared him to fight these championship-level fights. Not for a lower-level champion who's older and ready to go out like Kovalev or for a second older-level opponent who's 38 and just trying to get his his uh, undisputed and I maybe retire after that. I don't know, but he's pretty old at 38. So his career hasn't prepared him for championship-level fights. What should he do? Step up his opposition and gain more experience, and then go give the championship level fights another try. That's my opinion. Uh, but no, no, no C level fighters. All these B level fighters you're talking about, I think they're amazing. They all pose a great threat, a great challenge, and he was to overcome them. Great experience. I agree. And the other thing these opponents would do for me, Kenny, is they'd start to answer some of these questions. Right. the The main question for me right now being, is his power world level? We don't know. Because, again, he hasn't dropped anyone at the world level, and he definitely hasn't stopped anyone at the world level. I mean, Better Beeb is is more than world level. He's elite level. So that that's a – we don't know if it's elite uh, at all, let alone world class. So let's see him in there against a world class opponent. All right, Kenny, how much of the undercard did you watch? I, I had the undercard playing, but – I'm going to be honest. I wasn't fully watching on the card. I had a lot going on. You know, I'm fully back on YouTube now. So I'm here editing videos, trying to crap stuff, you know, doing a whole lot of stuff to get some posts going yeah. while also watching the fight. Uh, I saw bits and pieces. I saw when it, 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 the Itama brother with the 10. Uh, uh, Errol Itama, the light heavyweight. Yeah. Got yeah. stopped. Yeah. And I saw when his little brother went in there and knocked the guy out in like the first round, the, the guy with like 90 something losses or whatever it was. It was it wasn't it wasn't too much of an exciting undercard for me. I was like it was like whatever. I was watching just to watch so I can see know who these young guys up and coming guys are, not really because oh, there's somebody I want to see on this fight card. You know what I mean? It was it was a trash undercard. It was <laughs> one of the worst undercards I've ever seen. Uh it was doo-doo. You know, you call a certain guy doo-doo. I don't call him doo-doo. I call him boo-boo. But I'm calling do I'm calling doo-doo on that undercard. Like Big Frank, you gotta get the shoulder rolls going, man. I, I know that you've had some back issues and some other stuff, but come on, bro. And in terms of the Moses Atoma fight, right? 
that's the one fight I was really looking forward to with all respect to the to the flyweight championship uh, that took place. I felt that the Costa Rican probably should have got the nod in that fight over the Ukrainian. But, I mean, it was multiple fights with guys with losing records or trash records. And in the Moses Atoma fight, what's interesting, Kenny, is this kid wants to break Mike Tyson's record for a youngest heavyweight champion of all time. He's 18. My man, that's not going to happen with you facing off against guys who get hit on the gloves, go into the ropes, get in on the gloves again, go down and don't get up. Uh, that was beyond Fugazi, that knockout. And I hope you're going to have to fight a lot of times a year at that right rate in order to catch up to Mike Tyson. I mean, he's going to, they can't, they, if he wants to break Mike Tyson's heavyweight record, I mean, that's the last fight they can have like that because unless they're talking about the IBO title or the WBA regular title or something like that, that's not a real championship. Or remember when Ricky Haddon used to call himself a world champion with the WBU title, which I've never heard of again since he stopped having it. Uh, they're going to have to up the competition. I never want... Th- the fact that that was a co-feature to a major unification fight is embarrassing. It's a bad look for boxing because oh, any casual who looks in and sees that is like, really, this is what boxing is? That guy didn't get hit. We saw it on the replays. He got hit on the gloves, went into the ropes, got hit again on the gloves and went down and didn't get up. Stop it. Matter of fact, I got, I, I'm, I don't do this as often as I used to, but we got to give it to this one. <clears throat> That that was a that was a fail. It's funny because the first fight that I saw was the flyweight title fight, right? Which, which was a good fight, and the last fight was a great fight. Everything in between was trash, including, by the way, uh, the announcement that they made. And I'm gonna go to this real quick, Kenny, and then I want your opinion of it because they had a big announcement to make uh, last night, right before the main event, and uh, the announcement was essentially about this let's let, let's have a look and kenny you tell me what you think and then i'm going to give my my thoughts they made a big deal of bringing out jake paul to face off against tommy fury yeah i was like what the fuck is going on i mean it was wwe is what was going on i mean gentlemen first of all first of all why does tommy fury have his shirt off i don't know what when when they first started coming out that they got announced by the ring announcer, I was like, wait, did I miss something? Am I am I am I not on top of my game anymore? Is this fight happening today and I just completely missed it? What's what's going on? No, I mean I would I, I, I you know I do something. It's happening next it. month. It's happening next month in Saudi Arabia, but again, I'm putting this into the context of somebody that's not a hardcore. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about base. Base is a hardcore. He's not a casual. I'm talking about the actual real casuals. So you tune in, you see guys facing off against guys with losing records. You see guys uh, getting knocked out with punches on the gloves. And then the next thing you see after that is this. And like, this is some of the most staged, like Tommy Fury just completely came off as a clown here. I'm going to continue with it and you comment. Raise your little hand. I shouldn't say little hand. Raise your hand up. <laughs> I'm about to raise two fingers. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's little on the screen, but it's not. And 
Anyway, let, let's go. This is a fight. Two years in the making. Jake, I'm going to come to you first. Relax, 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 relax. Let's keep this, let's keep this calm. Let's keep this calm one at a time. I'm going to start, I'm going to start with you, Tommy. Tommy, you said when we spoke earlier, this man's boxing fundamentals are absolutely awful. You said you're going to finish, you said it's a joke. He's a YouTuber, not a fighter. You still believe? On the 26th of February, this shit's been going on too long. He will never box again. You know, I'm not 50, I ain't 40, I ain't an MMA guy, I've been doing this my whole life, and I swear to God... So what's interesting to me, right, is he says he's not an MMA guy, right? But two fights ago, he fought a guy that was 0-1-0 in boxing. By the way, Jake Paul's never really? fought a guy with a losing record in boxing. He fought a guy named Anthony Taylor, who's 0-1-0. Looked like he came up three weight classes to fight him. And he didn't knock him out. He went the distance with that dude. And that guy's an MMA fighter. So he, literally an MMA fighter. So, I mean, he's just not making any sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. Not only that, I, I saw this Taylor guy, his last fight. I don't. He fought some YouTuber, if I'm correct. And he lost the fight as well. And, and Tommy was having trouble landing punches looking crazy his, his his uh weight proportions on his body looked insane like it looked like his legs could not handle the weight on his upper body so when he threw a hook or a punch he'd kind of fall off to the side it looked like he was gonna fall off to the side because his body it, it appears as though his body couldn't handle the momentum of him throwing the punch coming forward i don't know he's looking terrible he's a terrible boxer I've never practiced or studied boxing in my entire life well I've practiced very few moments i'm i'm a natural athlete and i guarantee you i'd put the beats on tommy fury yeah i mean i i i tommy fury has never impressed me as a fighter uh not with his skills and definitely not with his power uh and i what's interesting to me here is that tyson fury's little brother is about to get beat by a guy that he keeps down talking if i was him i would say listen you know, Jake's done his thing. Jake's dedicated himself to boxing. I'm looking forward to this fight. It should be good, blah, 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 but I'm going to beat him. But, I mean, when you talk about Jake Paul this way and then get knocked out by Jake Paul, or even worse, potentially outboxed by Jake Paul, because at that point you can't say it's a lucky punch, um, it's not going to be a good look for this kid. But let's continue. But you're finished from 26th of February. Interested. Big strong words. Jake. Jake, come here, come here, come here. Can we keep this civil? Can we keep this civil? This, you said you, you called this man an imposter. You said that he's leaning on this fury name. Why is that? Because you know he, do you don't believe in the opponents he's fought. Do you think that you're gonna to be too much of a test on the 26th Enduring? He's fought taxi drivers, he has no chin. It's all a joke. I'm ending you February 26th, and you already know it. You're going to crack under pressure. You're not built for this moment. You're not built for this moment. You're an imposter. It's all a bravado. It's all fake confidence. You can't even knock out a taxi driver. You can't even knock out a taxi driver. All right, all right, all right. Let's keep it going. And I'm going to leave it at that. I don't think we need to spend much more time on it.
Uh, to the, to their credit, Andre Ward, for my guys in the UK, Andre Ward, uh, Bernardo Asuna, and Tim Bradley won the call here in the United States on ESPN+. And to their credit, they gave respect to Jake Paul. Uh, I actually give respect to Jake Paul. I was one of the first to do it on Boxing YouTube because he laced up the gloves. He dedicated himself. People were hating on him because he's got enough money to do something in his mid-20s and early 20s a lot of people wish they could do, which is pursue their dream of boxing, right? And I, I didn't hate on, on him for taking on former MMA guys and, you know, selling out arenas and eventually he was supposed to fight Hase Magman Jr., but we saw what what happened with that. I think Jake Paul's going to beat the brakes off this kid, Kenny, and, um, you know, hopefully that will lay to rest this idea that he's, quote-unquote, not a real boxer because when you've got Andre Ward and Tim Bradley, one currently in the Hall of Fame, one on his way to the Hall of Fame this summer, saying that you're a real boxer, you're a real boxer. You're getting paid to get into the ring and fight people. That's boxing. He's a real boxer, Kenny. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I don't hate on Jake Paul and what he's doing in the sport of boxing. You got to applaud what he's doing. A dude that made himself, he's self-made, self-made to the word of it. He's self-made off of his own YouTube efforts since he was a kid. Yeah, he was doing crazy things on camera, but he's self-made. He took that self-made money and self-made personality that everybody, all the young people want to be watching on YouTube. And he took that wherever he wanted to take that. That happened to be boxing. And he's taking it seriously. He's investing in his abilities. He's practicing blood, sweat, and tears. He really is studying and practicing the sport of boxing. Yeah, where is... He, where, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm saying where is Tommy Fury is the one who's actually, you know, Not getting boxing. paid off of somebody else's name, like... Let's face facts. Nobody would care about Tommy Fury if he wasn't Tyson Fury's brother. He's where he is because his brother's the, the arguably the best fighter in the sport and is, you know, the heavyweight champion of the world. So that's the only reason people care about Tommy Fury. It, 100%. It, it is what it is. So People also care about Tommy Fury and, and Jake Paul and this fight happening uh, because, because of the publicity of the fight. Let's face it. Let's face it. Yeah, Tommy Fury is super popular because of the shows he's participated in and everything oh, that he does life. outside of boxing. Yeah, Jake Paul is super popular off of oh. the things he's done outside of boxing and some of the things he's done in boxing. Boxing and 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 the people who invest in the sport of boxing put out these fights. You know, the ESPNs, the PBCs, ETC, ETC. They love this. They're eating it up because this is just bringing more views and more eyes to the sport of boxing of people who don't already watch boxing. This well, is a win-win for, for boxing uh, uh, analysts, for boxing, the people who put the boxing fights up, and for the people who uh, watch boxing. It is. And uh, to George H.'s point, Jake is, yeah, it's a question, actually, not a point. He's he's now with ESPN. This fight is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, you know, he's bringing eyeballs to the sport. People may not like to admit it, but it's the truth. And Thanks. you know, I I'm not against anything that Jake Paul's doing. And I'm, I was I was really in agreement with him when he started going after that POS Dana White, uh, and and, and exposing the UFC for for exactly what it is. Uh, quickly, Kenny, as we get off of this topic, I'm gonna put up a visual, right? And I want your immediate reaction to this visual. You ready? I'm gonna give you three seconds. To give me to give me a word, ready? Three, two, one, go.
go. Yikes. Uh, yikes. That's the word, bro. I got nothing else for you. So yikes. I'm gonna Contract, put it back on the screen. I'm Nonsense? gonna put, what's I'm going gonna, on. I'm gonna put the visual back on the screen. Kenny T, he's he's you know been a little bit uh critical of Delaware at times. Um, you know, in terms of his promoting. I don't think you've ever criticized his fighting career. I don't think anybody no, 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 no. is promoting, but you know, Terrence Crawford was out there looking to land big fish, big fish. Well, looks like Golden Boy is Landed about to a land fish. a big fish, a barracuda <laughs> in Terrence, Bud, Crawford. And I'll tell you why it makes sense, right? Golden Boy needs a big elite name. They lost Canelo. Yes, they've got a couple good prospects coming through the pipeline and right or contenders, I should say. They got Alex Rocha. They got Ryan Garcia, they've got Virgil Ortiz, but they don't have a, they, they, you can also uh, throw in Zurdo into the mix, but they don't have any elite world champions right now, right? Names that are moving needles and raising interest in the hardcore boxing fans. Terrence Crawford doesn't have a promoter. And as we know, the PBC a.k.a. Al Heyman. Um, you can add in Tom Brown if you want as promoter, but we all know what that situation is. They control 147 pounds because of Errol Spence Jr. They control 154 pounds because of Jamel Charlo, the towering Inferno, right? Tony Harrison, Tim Zhu. I could go on. They got a lot of fighters at 154. Even Brian Castaño, right? I mentioned Sebastian Fundora already. So why not go to where the contenders are, Kenny? Right? Why not go to the promoter that's got some names in and around your weight class? And I'm gonna I'm gonna share uh our trusted source boxing scene again, you know, with their rankings so that people can see exactly what I'm talking about here. Golden Boy actually has some up-and-coming names in the 147-pound division, names that could potentially be opponents for Terrence Bud Crawford. We've got Virgil Ortiz, right? That's one. We've got Alex Rocha. That's one. We've got Blair Cobbs. Woo! That's one. And, you know, they also have... uh through the zone, a, a working relationship with the promoter of this fighter here, Connor Ben. You could potentially see him getting some fights. Now, granted, they're not necessarily the fights we want to see, but when you look elsewhere in the welterweight division, it's PBC, 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 right? Showtime, PBC, PBC, PBC. There's a lot of PBC going on here. So given what, what I'm showing here, Kenny, does this does this move make sense to you when I'm talking about this move right here? Terrence Crawford potentially linking up with Golden Boy Promotions. It's looking a little crazy. It looks a little uh, sus. It looks like maybe he doesn't really know what he's doing as an individual. Uh, promoting himself. Maybe he does need the promotional team behind him. Just the uh, top rank isn't working for him and he's being stubborn and refusing to go to PBC. But 
I said this a long time ago. Once he left top rank, I said he should go right to PBC. If it, if he wants to fight Terrence Crawford, excuse me, if Terrence Crawford wants to fight Errol Spence, if that is his mission, if that is the only fight that he wants, then go sign with PBC for a one-fight contract and stop the nonsense and go fight uh, Errol Spence because that, that's the, a guaranteed route for that fight happening. <clears throat> He decided not to go sign with nobody for the moment. Say he was going to stay independent and sue uh, Bob Arum in top rank. Here we go now. And it looks like he may be signing to Golden Boy. But Golden Boy does not have anything to offer for him. Maybe the Virgil fight, but he doesn't need to sign the Golden Boy to get the Virgil fight. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense to me. And Terrence Crawford was actually being called by Rocha yesterday, called out by Rocha yesterday, who says Terrence Crawford is the fight that he wants. I think that Terrence Crawford, after doing all that lawsuit stuff, should just stay independent, stay individual, maybe hire a couple people to manage him, his promotional team and to manage him as opposed to him trying to manage himself and, and also uh, study boxing and stay active in the sport of boxing. He should. He has money. Hire somebody to take over that management job. Don't not do not sign up to Golden Boy. Oscar De La Hoya hasn't really done it uh, promotionally. Uh, he talks too much on camera, too much shit at times when he doesn't need to be talking. And I just think Terrence Crawford is too big. I think promotional companies are for up and coming fighters and up and coming fighters, prospects, contenders, uh, but. I don't think promotional companies are for these uh, well-established champions, you know? I think Terrence Crawford needs to stay individual and hire himself a team, and that's that. So, in other words, you think the move for Terrence Crawford to make is to do some kind of business with Al Heyman and the PBC? Directly out of the PBC. Oh, that's my man, Ring. <laughs> um i think i think uh i feel that he should sign that one fight contract for the pbc if he really wants that arrow spence fight otherwise move on from the arrow spence fight and have people talk nonsense about you for the remainder of your career for not fighting arrow spence although you know it seems like you've been looking for arrow spence but at last you was the one that signed the avenesian fight Errol Spence did in detour with a fight with somebody else. So right now, if you ask me, Errol Spence has all credibility towards wanting to make this fight. And Terrence Crawford does not because he's the one that signed the contract that derailed this fight the last time they was trying to make it happen. And he's also the one that was complaining about transparency and numbers, ETC, ETC, ETC. So stop playing. Stop the nonsense. You don't need Golden Boy shit. You don't even need PBC. But if you're going to try to stay independent, then let's make these smart moves. Let's not let's let's stop this nonsense where now it's starting to look like maybe, maybe Crawford is ducking because he was the one that derailed the fight the last time. I don't know. And then he's talking about big fish, big fish, big fish. And you have every all of the all of these boxing fans that are just like, oh nah, Terrence Crawford is the real big dog. Terrence Crawford is the real big dog. He's the one that wants the big fish. He was looking for Errol Spence. He's the one that signed the David Avenesian fight. So well, let's. Does uh, he want to fight Errol Spence? It's it's an open question. Let's see what Virtuoso has to say about it. But right before we go to Virtuoso, I have to big up my OG Nando. All right, one of the day ones here on this channel, been a supporter since day one. Nando says Alexis Rocha is a notch above Mean Machine and Jose Benavidez. 
Both gave Bud tough fights. Bud should win, but please don't trash that fight. I'm not trashing it. I don't think Kenny's trashing it either. I just think Kenny says that the fight he wants to see is the fight with Errol Spence Jr. I'm I'm not trashing, uh, bro. Fuck it. I'll throw oh, it right in. I'll, I'll throw it right in the trash. <laughs> I'll throw I'll throw it right in the trash. I'll crumble it up into a piece of paper. Throw it right in the trash. Okay, Rocha, so Kenny is trash. Rosa has zero chance, zero chance against Terence Crawford. You do not spend all those rounds in that boxing ring with Ashy and talk about I want Terence Crawford next. I beat I beat the shit out that boy and uh, get out of here. Get out all of right. here. But go, go back to the drawing boards. Go back to your Blair Cobb level opposition. Yes, he's good. Yes, maybe if he steps up his defense, his his head movement a little bit, his feints a little bit, maybe he will be a champ one day. The Alexis Rocha that I saw in there yesterday against Ashley, hell no. Do not call out Crawford. Let's stop this nonsense. All right, let's go to Virtuoso. Virtuoso, go for it, Phil. Yeah, I kind of have to push back on that. Um Alexis Rocha, like, he has some little hardware, some WBO hardware. Uh, I guess it's an intercontinental shit. And I guess that grants him some some uh, mandatory status. So that's probably why he's talking up a Crawford fight. Um, I don't think he's going to win that one. But, um, yeah, um, lots of people overreacting to that picture. Um, Crawford, uh, Crawford hasn't said anything in regards to signing with, with Golden Boy. It's just that maybe they're trying to structure something in which they'll discuss a, a future fight with Virgil Ortiz. However, he is fighting Stanley Onis, who's a WBA, you know, mandatory for Spence, and they got to fight a little title eliminator, which I think is a bit of a filler fight, when Virgil can just outright win a belt from Bud, you know. So uh, who knows where, where this can go, but I don't think he's wasting his career, man. He's just doing what, what he needs to do to stay active because it, it, from my perspective, uh, Al Heyman is negotiating bad faith against Crawford, man. What kind of a, let, let me let me just say this? What kind of a fight? Like what kind of a advisor, right? Gives out guaranteed contracts for Spence for every Spence fight, but except for Crawford, who's got to get no get no no money down, but a thirty five percent net revenue share. Like what happened to sixty forty? What happened to that shit? Oh, now it's thirty five percent. All right, but he did accept the offer on the condition that he you know see the books in which Heyman said no. So either way, he had to stay active. That's why he took the Avenesian fight. So now he's saying that he's, he's willing to go back to the negotiating table. You got to understand he's going this by a fight by fight basis. You know, I, I knew that the Avenesian fight, you know, on Black Prime was going to be a piss stop because there's no way they're going to bring in fighters, you know, from Mount Heyman's stable over there. Look what they did with Red Catch. Look what they did with uh, Hank Lundy, you know. All these guys were Heyman fighters, and all of a sudden they're not fighting, you know, Proner, who's been talking a lot of shit, valued, like, very valid shit about fucking Al Heyman's business practices. That's all, that's all it is, man. It's a, it boxes a dirty business, but you got to find a way to stay active. You know, you got to work around these, these shady-ass people. The one, thing, the one thing I didn't really understand, um, just from a boxing business perspective about a lot of the criticism that the PBC was getting about not paying their fighters on the night. Personally, I think a lot of that boils down to the fact that the majority of their meaningful fights now are on Mm pay-per-view and they're waiting for like the revenue streams to come in from all the cable operators, satellite companies, you know, whatever, whatever. And 
that money does trickle in over over weeks and then probably a couple of months. So mm -hmm. I, I didn't think it was that crazy that the fighters didn't get all of their money on fight night for that from mm -hmm. that perspective because the zone obviously pays right away, you know, because mm -hmm. they're not relying as much on pay-per-view revenue. ESPN pays right away because they're not relying on pay-per-view revenue. But mm -hmm. if you're fighting on pay-per-view, to me, it's reasonable that you wait a few weeks for all of your paper to come in because that's the 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 the, the funding stream. Does that make sense, Rituals, or am I way off? No, I think that um, from what Steven Espinosa has been saying about pay-per-view, um, that he's been pretty tight-lipped. Mm. And so when the numbers come in gradually, that's when they, I guess they hit their marks. And I guess they get they get bonuses, but um, I, again, I don't know how much they're worth. I mean, and these numbers are not are not always legit because, quite frankly, they're not they're not going they're not going out there and reporting the numbers. You know, it's it, 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 it's only been Rick Glacier that's been doing this. You know, that's been uh, dominating the, the 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 narrative that PBC's you know pay per view numbers are, are are inflated, and that they're not all that cracked up to be. But um, I just, don't know, I just don't know whether I trust him as as a source for mm -hmm. valid information, personally. Yeah. You know, because um, most of the time he he makes a, a an imprint on social media. It's when he's like mm -hmm. reporting people's pay per view numbers. I don't. Does anybody go to Rick Glazer about anything else? And no. and, it's like, and it's like, who are his sources? I never even heard of Rick Glazer until a podcast that we had maybe six months ago where people were talking about uh, his betting odds and some other nonsense. The guy's a nobody. Who cares what he has to say? That's kind of my opinion on Rick Glazier as well. I mean, I had heard of him, but, I mean, he's never been a major Yeah, he's been in the business for, for years, you know. Hard. You know, again, yeah. these are guys that are working the background and they're not trying to be famous, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, yeah. no. Rick, Rick, Rick Glazier with his little videos, he's definitely cloud Yo. chasing and trying to be famous. I think nah, he's but he's he's been in the business. But he, just because he talked to Coach Malachi and talked shit about Al Heyman doesn't mean he's trying to be famous. That's just they ask oh, him for oh, an interview. Oh, I, and I, they, I don't I yeah. don't watch his I don't watch his content at all. Yeah. If if, yeah. if you look at his antics on camera, if you look mm -hmm. at the little videos he makes with with his little shades that he comes on camera and trying to look cool, and he's clout chasing. He's using the mm -hmm. information that he knows to try to get views and follows and subscribers to try to build his own platform. He's a clout chaser. He that just talks trash and talks about mm. stuff that he probably shouldn't even be talking about. Rick Glazer, would I, let, let's stop talking about the man. Let's move on, please. Let's talk about let's talk about boxing. <laughs> Rick Glazer is not boxing. I mean, he did used to work for Don King way, way, I way mean, a long time ago. But to me, he's not, know, a relevant, him, he's not a relevant, relevant person right now. And he's not, yeah. he's not a source. And he doesn't really... I mean, he said his source is a lawyer or something. Uh, it's like what? Yeah, that's what he but, claims. But yeah, but know. any yeah, back to you though, virtual. So, and anything else you want to talk about? No, I just want to talk about uh, yesterday's fights, man. I mean, mm -hmm. go for I, it. I, I thought I thought it was a, a so so undercard, man. Uh, I they said the the the, the two it's Wama brothers, man. The one that lost, I didn't see much of him, but he, he was getting tagged a lot, man. But the got knocked the, out. He did yeah. not. He didn't know how to defend a straight right hand, which is crazy because he's a southpaw. I mean, yeah, and then, and then I saw the heavyweight one, and it's like, damn, dog, you can't, you couldn't match him up against somebody that could hang in there, and that and that that can show us what 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 this Moses guy has. 
if he's yeah. gonna be called like a, the youngest champion ever, yeah, uh, yeah, man, like, but I the 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 main event, uh, I I I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I thought Yard made a good count of himself trying to be, uh, uh, more aggressive this time to the body, and I and I saw that he was backing him up, but I think he made some tactical errors and just being backing up into the ropes and into the corner, which is not where he wants to be. Yeah. And when he was able to turn uh, Baturbiev, he was able to turn him and, and put his back against the, against the corner and, and unleash punishment on him. And it's like, Baturbiev is just such a smart uh, uh, boxer puncher, man. Like he knows, he, he knows what he, what he's doing in there. He, he knows how to, what punches to throw from close range and from mid range, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and to me, it's just uh, one of the, the, the world's best, you know, light heavyweight champions, you know? Absolutely. And honestly, Anthony Yard going to the ropes wasn't because Anthony Yard wanted to go to the ropes. Anthony Yard went to the ropes because Better Beeb was applying great pressure and mm-hmm. cutting off the ring. And one of the things that he's very underrated at, I don't know why, because anyone who, who knows boxing can see that in terms of getting into position, cutting off the ring, his foot positioning, I would argue it's second to none. Also, his ability to transfer uh, from, or transition, I should say, from offense to defensive while throwing Mm -hmm. combinations. He does Mm -hmm. it. Inouye does it. Bud Crawford does it. Mm -hmm. Very elite fighters do it, but a lot of these guys don't get credit for that. Yes, he gets hit, but he's an offensive force. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, there are going to be openings, but he does a lot of blocking while he's throwing. He does a lot of slipping when he's throwing. Um, and Yard was put against the ropes and into the corner uh, by Better Beeb. And what I was surprised by Yard was his ability to withstand punishment for as long as he yeah. did. He was getting ripped to the body, um, both with the hook and with the jab. And um, he was also getting tagged upstairs as well. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't see why having your hands on like a shoulder a shoulder height is a good thing for for yard when he doesn't move his head exactly um, so ask- it's like it's it's another it's another fighter that kind of falls in love with the philly shell it looks good aesthetically to the judges but if, if you don't know how to use it effectively then you know it doesn't mean a thing agreed and a lot of what i was seeing too from yard especially with his hooks he wasn't really turning the knuckle over he was like slapping. Um, so he he did get yard a couple times with solid right hands, both straights and uppercuts. But a lot of the stuff he was doing really didn't have a lot of power behind it. Yeah. Um, and, let me uh, let me ask both of oh, you guys a question, right? Do, mm-hmm. And uh, not not Anthony, excuse me. Um, the announcers Andre Andre Ward and Timothy Bradley. Is it me? Or well, it's a two-part question. Is it me or do uh, Andre Ward and, and Timothy Bradley seriously dislike Better Beef? And second part of the question: Is it me or does Andre Ward hate on anybody in the light heavyweight division? The second one, I think, I think is clear. He's very critical of people in and around super middleweight and light heavyweight. We see a lot hate more light heavyweights on ESPN Plus. Um, I mean, the main super middleweight we saw on ESPN Plus for a while was Edward Berlanga, but he's no longer with uh, Top Rank. But yeah, yeah. He does, he's very critical of Better Beeb 
and other light heavyweights. Um, in terms of Timothy Bradley, I don't really think he hates on Better Beep that much because he honestly only gave Yard like the first round um, and had Better Beep like clearly winning the fight. So they did they did say that they think Bivol is going to be very difficult for him. I think Andre Ward likes Bivol. Um, I think Tim Bradley really likes Bivol. Uh, but Tim, I do Tim agree Bradley that, flat out said Bivol wins. Yeah, I, I do agree that 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 they're very critical of light heavyweights. Virtuoso. Yeah, um, I didn't get to listen to them as far as them calling the fights. I had the volume low. Mm. Smart man. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really not interested in, in hearing all the commentary shit. But um, I do. I I have sense that that Ward does have some animosity towards contemporary fighters that were at his weight classes, you know? Hello. Yeah. And, and I can see why, cause like there, there is a bit of a threat to his, to his legacy, but it, it really shouldn't be like, um, like compared or like, you know, it's, it's, it, it's just that people will have short term memory, you know, people when, when they see you fight and then they see some other fighter like, who's like kicking ass. Mm. Yeah, that can happen. You know, and that's that, that's the cruelty of it, you know? But mm. war should be remembered, man. He he should, and he's a Hall of Famer. So and, that, mm. and that's all that matters. Mm. Well, that, there you go. I got one quick question for you before I let you go, Virtuoso. Right, as a fan, would you rather see Canelo rematch Bivol at one sixty eight, or would you rather see Bivol take on Better Be next at one six at one seventy five for undisputed? I, it, it, without any doubt, I want undisputed, man. No, but undisputed wanted, at 168 or undisputed at 175? 175, man. Mm, okay. Yeah, I want to see yeah. these two Russians duke it out. I, I, I agree. I agree. Although I do think it would be interesting if Bivol collects all the belts at 168 and then they... Oh, my God. That would be triumphant. And then is undisputed at 168 and then takes on Better Beeb after Better Beeb handles business with Callum Smith, who's his WBC mandatory... Either scenario works out for me. I think boxing fans are winning either way. But virtual, yeah. thank you so much for joining us, fam. I really appreciate it. And please do join us again. All right, man. Anytime, man. Peace, love. Thank you. Take care, brother. It's always a pleasure, man. Virtuoso is also out of the BX. Virtuoso is also a fan of uh, the best vegetarian option fast food restaurant out there. I'm talking about Taco Bell. <laughs> 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 All right. So I, there's... I, I, at one point, Maestro, mm. I, I, I want to do Andre Ward versus everybody. He's not an active boxer, but I just think he talks too much shit. And I think we should have him Andre Ward versus the lightweight uh, contenders, because mm. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Besides Kovalev, Andre Ward's and, and, and I thought he lost both those fights. Oh, well, he lost the first one. Second one was questionable with those low blows, and I don't think the fight should have been stopped at that point. But I definitely think we have to do Andre Ward versus everybody because I think he potentially loses to a hell of a lot of the light heavyweights today. I don't think Andre Ward is that great. I think he gets way more credit than he should. Cool, he's a Hall of Famer or whatever. I'm not going to hate on any of that, whatever. I just don't think he's that great. I don't think he w was great for the light heavyweight division. I thought he had some short arms. I th don't think he had any power. He was definitely technical, and I think that he'll 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 get. I think he'll brutally, 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 brutally get destroyed by Better Beef. Brutal. Well, uh, 
after saying that, let's read what Slide Tendencies has to say, because Slide Tendencies is also a day one. He's also a sub. He's also a member. Hit the like button, please, everyone. Just like Slide Tendencies asked us to do earlier. Slide Tendencies says, you've got, and thank you for the super chat, brother. He says, you've got to remember that Andre Ward said he could knock out Wilder. I think he's just a guy who thinks he's the champ and still competitive. He doesn't even have punching power. How would he knock out Wilder? Well, he knocked out your boy, your boy uh, Kovalev to the body. That's not, that, that, that's not my boy. <laughs> that's not my boy. Guy. That's not my boy. And he didn't knock him out. He 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 got credit for knocking him out with two low blows. There you go. So, uh, Kenny, I want to go to the last uh, topic for today, and you can throw in another topic if you want afterwards. Uh, but this is the last one I wanted to go over with you. Um, I'm going to pull it up right now because I know you're a big fan of this guy. And I want your opinion on some of the things he had to say about the state of the 168-pound division. I'm talking about none other than your boy, Demetrius Boo Boo Andrade. Here we go. Let's have a listen. Oops. I'm already shaking my head. The video hasn't even started. I think I might have to uh, re reset this. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Let me let me do this again. This is a live show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for bearing with us. Hold on. I definitely agree with Nando Jama's comment. He says lots of good fights to be made at 175. Canelo only muddies the water. Plenty of work at 168 for Canelo. I completely agree. After after Canelo fought Bevo, I feel that Canelo should take his talents to South Beach, a.k.a. take his talents down one ranking south and stay at 168 and just stay at 168 because 175, I don't think, is the division for Canelo. He proves to be a little smaller and not necessarily have the gas tank when he puts on all that size and muscle in the higher weight class to compete with the guys that are used to fighting at 175 pounds, a.k.a. light heavyweight. Well, there you go. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with this video, but it's not loading up. And it's funny because the other ones were all loading up off of YouTube. Might be something with the Showtime channel. Not exactly sure, but we'll have to save the boo-boo talk uh, for later. Essentially, what he was doing was trashing Canelo's record um, at 168, at 175, uh, saying that he hasn't accomplished anything, which I felt was very yeah. funny because he hasn't really accomplished much himself. I mean, what's his biggest win? What's his big biggest accomplishment at 154, at 160? And I mean, he just fought a journeyman at 168, so it's it's kind of tough to make the argument that he's he's relevant right now at the 168-pound division, but go for it, Kenny. I just feel like he's talking too much and wasting his time. Like, he's been calling out Canelo forever, showing up at Canelo press conferences. You know, we all remember the, get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? We all remember that, so it's like, just stop it, bro. Stop it. Focus your career on actual greatness and getting money by being great and fighting great opposition, Canelo's never going to fight you. Give up on it. The guy gets called out 24-7 by anybody in the division from, like, 154 to, like, 175. He gets called out consistently. You think that 
Boo Boo Andre calling him out, a guy who hasn't done anything, you think that bothers Canelo? If anything, what bothers Canelo is be, uh, people talking about Bevo doesn't care about Canelo. Bevo's not giving Canelo the rematch. Bevo watched Canelo up. That's what bothers Canelo. Canelo doesn't care about Boo Boo Andre. Yeah. And um, no, I, I, I agree. Like, at the end of the day, as Nando pointed out, you signed a one fight deal with the PBC. I guess you're a free agent again, but figure out where you're going to go and focus on the guys in that, you know, domain. In in this case, if it's the PBC, why didn't you call out David Morrell Jr.? He's a WBA regular champion. Why don't you call him out? He needs an opponent, right? Caleb Plant's taking on Benavides. Maybe you fight the loser of that fight because the winner is probably going to be primed for a Canelo fight. Definitely considering that Benavides is the interim champion and his mandatory is going to be coming up soon. Boo-boo, Focus on that. If I'm boo-boo and I really want to make a statement, I'm taking on David Morrell Jr. That's what I'm thinking. But let me go to let me go to Virtuoso real quick again. Thank you for the super chat, Virtuoso, as we uh, round things out up over here. He says, Michael Benson is saying that Cole Moretti is working on setting up Undisputed at 175. If that's the case, I'm all for it. Michael Benson's out there in the UK. I'm sure he was at the fight and spoke to Carl Moretti over there at the Wembley Arena. So I'm sure that's how he's getting that information. But I'm not hating. That's a great fight. And, you know, if if he it, basically if Ryder is going to be getting the Canelo shot next, Ryder being the mandatory. And by the way, I'm not hating on that fight. That's a good fight. Ryder earned his spot and it's going to be a big event if it's out there in the, in the UK. Ryder taking on Canelo. Well, then I'll be upset. Yep. Yeah, but but I mean, I'm I'm guessing, but but let's let's say Bavol's not doesn't have his eyes on Canelo. Who should Canelo fight? If I'm always, is, I'm always with chasing greatness. Right. Greatness isn't always in the form of belts. But you said and the, and, and, and Ryder, there is no there is no belts that Canelo can get from Ryder. There is oh, no belts that can what. He, but he has to fight Ryder to keep his belt to maintain undisputed status. That's why he's a mandatory. Ryder yeah. won that shot by beating Zach Parker, and before that, by beating um, Daniel Jacobs. So that's I how he earned it. his mandatory. He earned it. If that's the case, if, if if he has to fight him, and they can't do all this finagling and money payouts and all this other stuff that they regularly do to get past their mandatories, if he can't do any of that, then fine. Fine. Go beat up on Ryder for some money. Fine. Well, the other thing too is David Benavides is tied up right now. Anyways, he's got his shot uh, against again, or Caleb Plant has his shot against Benavides. So Canelo's got to fight somebody, right? Pull Might up the rankings. Game. Pardon me. Oh, pull, pull, up, the pull up the rankings. Let's go through it. Pull up the rankings. Let's do it. But right, I'll do that right now. Yes, sir. And we have another super chat from Sly Tendencies. Hit that bell one time. Definitely. I know you're doing a lot. My fault. My fault. It's okay. Super chat says, could have been Andrade if he didn't duck Parker two times. Exactly. That's a great point. I mean, Andrade could be in 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 uh, Ryder's position, but Andrade didn't want to do, or Andrade didn't want to do what Zach Parker, what, sorry, what uh, John Ryder did and take on Zach Par Parker and beat him. So you want me to pull up 168, right? Yeah, the boxing scene ranking. But I got you right now. YouTube may not be coming up, but you know my system is definitely going to be able to bring up 
the box rec rankings. So here we go. Uh, we've got David Benavides. Oops, didn't bring live show everybody bear with me I might actually have to get you to bring it up Bim. I'm I got you I got you no worries my, with my screen share I got you we here we here but um while you're while you're bringing up the visual I'll go over oh, you got it okay so we've got Saul Canelo Alvarez thank you Kenny no doubt. Uh, right under him is David Benavides with his interim, right? And he's taking on Caleb Plant, who's at number one, right? On the WBA, you've got Saul and you've got David Morrell, who's got the regular underneath him. And Why does he have the the, the uh, less than or greater than sign next to his name? Because he's less than Saul, <laughs> who's up top. He is. He is less than. Um, as much as I like David Morrell Jr., he is less than Saul Canelo, and he's got the regular. So we've they got have, they just shouldn't have him there, but yeah, continue. Go ahead. Go so ahead. we've got John Ryder with the interim WBO, right? So that's who he's taking on next. Okay. All right. right. You look down the list, it's like, okay, if if Caleb Plant is taking on is taking on uh Benavides, I mean, you might as well defend against the interim titleist with the WBO and keep all four of your belts. I think that's the position that he's in right now. And here we have the top 10 at 168 on screen right now. And it doesn't look too amazing. No, I, one, th I see why he wanted to go fight at 175. Yeah, I mean, and then the other thing that, that uh, Boo Boo was saying was that a Canelo went to 168 because 168 is a, is a weaker division than 160. Well, not really. I mean, let's go to Jermel Charlo's, Jermel Charlo's no better than David Benavides. He already faced off against Triple G three times. Who else is at 160? Murata? Why? He, he already beat Lara. Huh? He already beat Lara. Yeah, he beat well, Lara already. So. Johnny Beck is still semi unproven and he didn't look too amazing. Yeah, in his last so, I mean, fight. 160 is not better than 168. Boo Boo needs to stop it with that. So he said that that's why Canelo went to 168 and now he's gone chasing Canelo again at 168. But. Like it was pointed out here, I believe it was slight tendencies. Um, apologies if I'm wrong. But Ryder could have done exactly what, sorry, Boo Boo could have done exactly what Ryder did and take on Zach Parker, but he, he withdrew from the fight twice. It's looking terrible. The, the, I don't, it's hard right now to see what fights are on the table for Canelo. I just don't see it. It's, it's a little crazy. And that's why he wants the rematch with Better Beef. Because let's face facts. He doesn't you have mean to prove he does, Sorry, B-Ball. Sorry. Absolutely, B-Ball. He doesn't have to prove himself against any of these names at 168, to be honest. So he's fighting the WBO interim and rider. Benavides is fighting Plant for the WBC interim. And let's let the chips fall where they are. But again, if you look at the right side of that screen, the name that Demetrius Andrade should be targeting is... WBA regular champion, and no, it's not a real-world title, Tony. Okay, it's a Reggie belt, but it sets you up for mandatory eventually against the super champion in Canelo. So that's the logical matchup for Boo Boo. And Bivol is the logical matchup for Canelo, and it's obvious to, to me at least why he's targeting Bivol. Ain't really much happening at 168. 
would you uh if you was canelo would yeah. you go to 175 and fight lesser opposition at 175 to gain experience against the bigger size uh, with the with the the, uh, the bigger size that can maintain the gas tank would you would you would you go if you was canelo would you fight those fighters at 175 that we was discussing earlier um regarding anthony yard fighting would would you if you was canelo would you fight richards boatsy etc etc fighters um, of that company to, I mean, to wait for a Bevo or a better B. Canelo's only, only going to fight those guys if there's a belt involved. And Canelo's only going to fight guys at 168 if it's required for him to maintain his belts, which explains the rider fight. He gains nothing by giving a Joshua Boazzi a shot. He gains, he gains nothing by fighting Spider Richards as much as I like Spider Richards. He's already so, beat so what does he do? Stay Alan Smith. He's already beat him. In inactivity, then? Because what are the other options? I'm I'm just I'm just I mean the, the I'm options, not disagreeing the with you. Yeah. I'm just thinking I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm just thinking like like what what does he do if he can't get these big names that we're talking about, these big fights, and they're the, the fighters that he should be fighting are busy, then what does he do? Does he just sit oh, on the shelf he, inactive and waste his age and kind here's, of here's, here's what he here's what he does. He gets a monster payday and sells out a huge venue in the UK against Ryder and doesn't get stripped of the WBO, maintains his undisputed status. He's, he waits and sees what happens between Caleb Plant and Benavides. If Caleb Plant wins, there's no reason to do that rematch. The first fight was definitive. But if Benavides wins, then that sets up a big fight at 168 to maintain his WBC belt against the interim titleist in Benavides. And then after that, hopefully business has been settled between Better Beeb and Bivol. And he either rematches Bivol for Undisputed this time at 175, or he fights Better Beeb at 175 for Undisputed. Either one of those would be a, a, a very competitive fight. I, I Give me Canelo be, uh, better be that would be tremendous. I mean that that that's that's an A plus fight. So I honestly don't think he beats Bavol though. I I was there live at that fight. I think Bavol beats Canelo nine times out of ten. It looked crazy, man. Uh, Bavol looked amazing that fight. I it's yeah. hard to disagree with you on that one as well, but. I don't know, right? Because when when Canelo first went up in weight class, uh, what was it to one sixty eight, one sixty? He took a couple uh light fights, and people were kind of clowning him for it. Well, his first fight at one sixty eight was against. Uh, Derek won't load for me. No, it's fine. I don't know what's going on with the internet today, but the his first fight um at uh at one sixty eight was against the regular titleist at at the time. Uh, he was here at Madison Square Garden, um, and, and then and then yeah. he, when he went when he went up, he then fought against a WBO champion at the time, um, Kovalev at one seventy five, and then he went back, uh, back back down back down in weight. When was it that he fought Rocky Fielding one fifty four to one sixty? No, no, no. Rock, Rocky Fielding happened when he moved up to one sixty eight when he was middleweight champion. Yeah, yeah. So. I bring that Rocky Fielding fight up specifically because Rocky Fielding is a nobody. He was just a, a big fighter, you know, that 
he was a very big guy at the weight class that Canelo was trying to go to, and Canelo was trying to test his skills and see if he could go fight in that weight class before taking a big challenge in that weight class. Then when Canelo went up to 175, it was like, big dog Canelo, oh, nah, I can't take no opposition where it's like for me to learn. I'm just going to go right to the big dog in Bevo and well, take a Well, just to let off. you know, Rocky Fielding, Rocky Fielding does have a win against John Ryder at 168. Who cares? Again, <laughs> who, who's John who's Ryder? All right, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not trying to be mean. You know what oh, I'm saying? Right. I'm, I'm just trying to keep it real. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. He and he did get knocked out by Callum Smith uh, at 168. But at the, anyways, he had a regular title. We all know that those aren't real world titles unless you're Tony and you're talking about Tank Davis. Uh, and then he My went man, up, Tony Ellaby. Yeah, and then he went up and he fought Kovalev for for the WBO title at 175. Um, but it, I think your point, Kenny, if I'm understanding it, is that maybe he should take on somebody who's not a titleist at 175 before rematching Bavo. Is that it? Yeah, I don't see why that's a problem. Um, I think him trying to fight Bavo again right after would be bad for him because I don't see him winning the fight. Uh, if you're practicing and learning and practicing a different game plan to try to implement on Bavo, yeah, you need. Another, I, I think he needs other opposition that's not in training camp that's going to go all out at him that's similar in size and frame and potential punching power uh, as Bevo. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you, I get it. You're great. You're a champion. You're a star. You're a star versus star. Top of the top versus top of the top. He just took a loss. Top of the top just took a loss against other top of the top at light heavyweight. What does that mean? Second top of the top should take it back to the drawing board and train a little bit and then try to face that man again. That's my opinion. I don't – I understand the way that everybody feels. Well, Canelo's the top of the sport. Uh, he needs to go. He needs to just fight top dogs and champions. I understand. Mm. As a fan, I understand it. As a dude who's deeply analyzing boxing and the actions that these boxers take, I think that he deserves a, a, a not a cherry-pick fight – but uh, experience at light heavyweight fight. Uh, you, I don't think he should go in against, you know, the Russian Terminator that doesn't stop throwing punches like a machine. And are you talking about Better Beeb or Bevel? Bevel, Bevel. Now, Bevel's the guy who doesn't stop throwing punches. Be yeah. Better Beeb is like undestructible power in them hands. Bevel's the guy who's nonstop punch, 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 punch. There you go. You know what I mean? So, um... Well, we'll see what happens, Kenny. But, uh, yeah, interesting times in the sport. Um, there'll be plenty of us to talk about during the week. Make sure you check out Kenny's channel. All right? Uh, Knocked Out by Kenny. Make sure you stay tuned over here for more content. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to the Undefeated Podcast. I'm really looking forward to getting on there with KG, the comedian, and my guy, Travis J. Uh, and, of course, like I said earlier, make sure you're also tuning in this week because i'll probably drop one or two punchlines gorilla than the planet of the apes i ride a punchline and plan it on your face it up there kenny what was that i said i think we'll wrap it up there yeah yeah sounds good yo just make sure you subscribe to my channel you can find me by searching kale going youtube.com slash kale kenny three and it'll come right up subscribe show me love not only doing boxing doing a lot of other things uh, and check out All on the Table. Subscribe to my Astros channel. Like the video. Share. Show us love. We do this. Is it, It's 
time consuming. It's hard work to do the research. It's hard work to cut up the videos. It's hard work to post the stuff. Just show us some love, share, like, subscribe. Thank you for supporting us and tuning into the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody. That's going to be it. Uh, hit the like button, drop a comment, and we'll see you guys again soon. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Chrome hard set to Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s. You can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. I speak in palettes that compete with graphics. At the speed of cheetah gallops at indecent average. Chopsticks when I be eating garrets. Philippe receipt embarrassed, you can't see the marriage. That's why I started this in Vegas. Proposed to my toast, Neo's married to the Matrix. But I hate this bitch like I'm married to a racist. An addict, so the kilos get buried in the basements. Speed the wagon like Rio's vicarious, vivacious. Patois, noir, but the Creole is basic. So when I'm around in Haitians, I don't even say shit. Last album sounded like I was signed to a spaceship. Brain was on drugs and my eyes was on LASIK. And the shit got legs, I don't think that I can chase it with rocket power with ASICs. But the next one's coming with cases and witness protection facelifts. For the fans, why hit them with kabams when the germaphobe jab can wash a nigga with hands? I am not in my feelings, I'm in my glands. I am not no bitch, I'm in a trance. Pandemic gimmicks got niggas all in the scams. Panhandling brilliance put lyrics all in their hands. Alan Watts got Watts living without a plan. But I want the smokes while the kitchen ain't got no fans. L, 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 L.